Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I am an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers and... Um, and Lawless Good. <laughs> Lawless Good. Here we are. Here we are. We were starting this immediately getting into the living room on the <laughs> floor. wasted no time. <laughs> jumping into talking about this this thing that's happening in the wellness world. And and to be honest, I don't follow a lot of coaches, so I'm on the, I'm like on the outside of this, but I have we were talking about an account that we both follow that has has given us some inspiration around parenting that we've both liked. And recently we both unfollowed them because she, I believe, um, because she was sharing things that speaking on behalf of all women saying that we are unsatisfied because we are pursuing careers instead of being yeah. home with our kids. Yeah. And I, I questioned myself a few times around this because like, I love to like, you know, I love to be stretched by people yes, that I follow. Yeah. I love to, I love to hear different perspectives, but the way that this was worded mm-hmm. was was dominating and deciding for mm-hmm. others. And I find that to be extremely problematic. And also painting, I, I think from a gender perspective too, it paints women, quote unquote, into a box of like, all women fundamentally want the same thing. Like we are biologically wired to be, yeah. and it felt like in reading some of the content, I was like, oh, we are regressing here. <laughs> like, yeah, because I, like a big piece of my feminism is... I want you to do what the fuck works for you. Like, I want you, if you want to stay home with your children and, like, nurture those relationships and be the person teaching your children and, like, fostering, like, um, their sense of what the world is, if you want that, I fucking want that for you. And also, if you want a career, I fucking want that for you because it is not my place to decide based on the arbitrary metric of you have a fucking vulva. Right. That, like, actually, no, this would be the way that you're most... Fuck you. No. No, fuck you. No. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> my immediate response was, like, fuck you. And then I was, like, okay, let me think about this for a minute. Yes. Am I actually... And I was, like, no, actually, fuck you. <laughs> I think I'm so similar to you in that. In that, like, um, I intentionally stop my life with voices that challenge me. Like, right. I intentionally yeah. do not... I did the cult thing once. Right, yeah. I don't care to go back to that in just, like, a different way. I've been having right. some really interesting conversations recently about the polyamory space mm. and, like, how that can quickly become, if you're not conscious about it, its own fo- form of, like, a cult following mm. where it's just, like, an echo chamber and nobody hears anything that's outside the community. Mm. I don't have it. I played that game. I did it for 33 years. Yeah, there, there is no, there, and like the number one thing for me, it always is like, 
is there room and space for difference here? Yes. And when I heard that, I was like, there's not room and space for difference here. Yes, like there, in other words, there's no room for me. Yep. And then I was like, this is not the space this for isn't. me. And but, I think that's, yeah, like I, I had that exact same instinct of like, I love following voices that challenge me, but there has to be room for me. Here. Yeah. There has to be, there has to be room. And that it's so interesting to me, like to, to hear that this is happening in more than one space. Cause that, she was like one of the only coaches that I follow. Yeah. <laughs> like I just don't follow yeah. a lot of coaches. So I, I was like, Oh weird. Okay. And then I've heard, I've heard like from you and a couple other people that there's like this thing happening where there's like a lot of popular coaches are then coming out of like the background and, and like expressing that they're extreme all right. And that they have like these wild views that have been yeah. like, coloring how they've been presenting and I'm like this is so Ugh. I had a conversation with Cassie I think I told you um it's the previous podcast to this one go listen we talk about um we talk about the conversation around feminine and masculine energy oh. and whatever the fuck that so is so many um, thoughts yes dissecting that because because it's being used in yes. spaces exactly mm -hmm. like what we were just describing yep. to put people in a box and yeah. to say like you because of your feminine energy are soft and best uh -huh. for your children and yes. like I hear that and I'm just like hold on that is that is a like I can't breathe anymore like because like we understand no room. ourselves to contain multitudes like right. I think that's that's been such an exploration this past year and like a portion of the way I experience my own gender queerness is that I am all of the things yes. like I am every every fathomable gender yes. expression exists inside my body mm -hmm. and like that's how I understand myself and so when I enter spaces where I am told that because of my genital setup I am limited in what I can want and what I can pursue and how I can express and what I can need. Yeah. I, I will never be able to sit with that again because I'm too familiar with that energy. Yes. And I want to say, I want to say that people might think like, oh, well that's you because you're gender queer and yes. because you're queer. No, 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 no. The reason we exist, yeah. the reason we are the way we are is to help other people see that they also contain multitudes yeah. and sure you might be feminine as fuck and love it yes fan fucking fantastic i want yes. that for you yep. and there needs to be an exploration a look and allowance for yourself yes. to unfold mm -hmm. as you are without that box being put on you and it's so interesting i've actually had to i've actually had to work harder to reclaim my feminine energy Mm. Then I have my, my like the more masculine presenting part of my energy because it was femininity was so deeply enforced upon me for so long. And like, this is what it means to be a woman and this is how you show up. Um, and there have been like, I'm, I'm in the first partnership of my life where the person that I'm engaging with is wildly capable of holding the full spectrum of who I am. Like I, I jokingly mm. say like, I am daddy, but I am also baby. Like, <laughs> that's just, like, what it is. Like, I, I contain multitudes in every aspect of my life. Yeah. And, like, for the first time being in a context where both of those things can be seen, witnessed, honored, and expressed hmm. in a way that does not feel overwhelming to my partner at all, I have finally been able to start exploring, like, 
my softness, like that, like quote unquote feminine piece of me. Okay. Yeah. And can we just break that apart? Because like <laughs> yesterday when I was like, there's, there's some family stuff happening, not my, not my siblings, um, but further out and about like transness and homophobia. And I was like actually fucking roaring in the kitchen like a lion. I don't know if any of you have seen Working Moms. Yes. She comes across a bear in the woods. And yes. She, yes. She's bigger than the fucking bear. Yes. It's, it's like that growl guttural. And I was like, this I to me that. feels feels like a mother energy. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also daddy energy. It's also daddy it's energy. It's like this, I don't know, like our ideas around what masculine and feminine mean are not real they're made up so what is that like then you know what i mean because like at the end of the day we think of like masculine energy as the like protective like um like space holding and all the things but i'm telling you as a mother come for my child right come for my child and and i i i assign you the quest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to find any man in the cataloged universe who will burn shit to the ground faster than my mama heart will over holiday ribs. Like, yeah. I, there's no universe. Right. There's no universe wherein you can look at true raw mother energy. And think soft. And think, like, soft <laughs> and, like, frilly and weak. And I, I think in so many ways what we're dealing with here also is an effect of colonization. And, like, mm-hmm. the fact that we have been stripped of anything that resembles, like, white women specifically. Yeah. Have been stripped of anything that resembles passion and ferocity and, like, fuck off. This is my space and I will protect it. That has been so systematically withheld from us and also punished in black, indigenous, yeah. and people of cult like uh, mm, (laughs) i feel so strongly about like this is ultimately also an effect of white supremacy one thousand percent it is absolutely yes that's what's at the core of it yes and like we have to decolonize our concept of masculine and feminine energy yes we have to yes like in order to reach any kind of wholeness around like humanity humanity and like what we're capable of Uh and like the range that one person can embody in a lifetime like if we we, the boxes that we existed for literally no goddamn fucking reason yes it's all it's made up it's uh yeah oh my god alok talks about this a lot and i love their poetry to the moon and back and i love their presence who is this again alok van minen oh yeah yeah yeah. gotcha yep if i pronounce that incorrectly somebody let me know um yeah they are like they talk to this all the time and it's just so powerful to witness because that that like kind of love and acceptance of ourselves is something that has not been allowed to exist but is part of the blueprint of who we are yeah it's and we feel it whether consciously or unconsciously, our bodies feel when there are parts of us that we are repressing or suppressing to please a system. Yeah. It's like a fucking sandwich. If you squish the bread down, the jelly and the peanut butter is going to fucking come out somewhere. Yep. And it might take a while to show because it moves slow or it might be instant. Yes. If you are wildly expressive like we are, but it does <laughs> come out. It does come out. And like, 
there was a thing that Amanda said in therapy last week, and this has been with me in like on a minute to minute basis for a week of my life now. And it was, we were talking about, um, as I'm going through my healing journey and I'm coming out of my dissociation because mm. most of my life to this point has been a fever dream. Like it's just been, I, yeah. if you yeah. knew me pre 2020, you didn't no, fucking you didn't, know you. <laughs> like honestly, if you, if you know, knew me pre like seven months ago, <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, I apologize. Welcome. I will reintroduce myself. Um, but like, as I come out of my dissociation, and I start to live in connection with my body and what feels good and doesn't feel good and all the things. I'm looking at all of these systems that I'm engaged in right now and starting to notice there are places where I'm like, okay, but you're asking me to live within a box. And yeah. I'm, I'm deconstructing right now that right now in the polyamory world because like there is an immense amount of dogma that goes along with being polyamorous, mm -hmm. but because it's polyamory and it's so like wild and taboo and all of these <laughs> things, it's very easy for people inside the system to paint it as we have evolved past dogma. No, we fucking have not. It's just yeah. new dogma. Yeah. It's new dogma. Yeah. And everybody yeah. inside the system we've created agrees with it, so we don't see it as dogma. Yeah, it's like going to a yoga studio yes. and you're like, you've evolved. You now reach level five. Yes. And like, you need there's to like, do this and drink this to be enlightened. It's 100%. like, hold up. <laughs> there's this like false notion of like having evolved to some next plane of mm. relationship. Yeah. And I'm like starting to deconstruct some of these things and break them apart and ask mm. questions that scare me. Because if I start asking the quiet things out loud... I'm gonna lose some belonging in a community that is deeply established for me at this point. Yeah. But Amanda said a thing, and I have not been able to forget about it. And I thought about you when she said it because I was like, "This is our work." She was like, "You cannot be the prophet you are here to be unless you break orthodoxy." And she was like, "And that yes. includes <laughs> the orthodoxy of polyamory." Like yeah. she was like, "This it's this, all of it." It was always going to end here. Like the second you came into this as a system, <laughs> there was never a chance that you were just going to exist inside it your entire life without being like, "Okay, but here's the orthodoxy, and I'm going to fuck with it a little bit. I know it's inconvenient. I know we don't like it because we like, like the the warm fuzzy shinies that we get from like being who we are and existing the way we do." Yeah. Um. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke because I smell dogma. Like I smell it. Yeah. I, I have a finely attuned sense for it. Mm. Uh, but that statement, like you cannot be the prophet you are here to be unless you break orthodoxy. That's that's your voice. That's and it. That's like my voice. Yes. Like our our voices are meant to disrupt. Uh -huh. Like we are disruptors. Like that's, that's the thing. That's part of what we do, and it's not like. It's not an intention of stirring up, like, or causing harm. No, ever. never. No, no, never. It's just that when we see things, yes. this stuff comes to us and we're uh -huh. like, but what about... It's like with the end goal <laughs> of wholeness in mind. And, like, yes. I've, I've been so grateful for, like, yes. Amanda's voice in my head for these past several months because, like, every now and then she'll look at me and she's like, what are you trying really hard not to say? Mm. What rule are you trying not to break? specifically as it relates to poly because that's where my deconstruction is right now it's just like mm. what rules are you trying not to break mm. and asking that question mm -hmm. like has broken through so much of my timidity yeah. around like asking hard things because I know that at the end of the day that's the work we're here to do that's the work of a prophet 
is to like ask hard questions and say hard things and in doing that open up the space for new possibilities and new futures that no one else can imagine because they're stuck inside the fucking box yes oh my god okay so i all my entire journey and this will continue to be the case is in pursuit of creating belonging yep because because it matters to me. And I, I feel like through a lot of my work, I've uncovered like a way to create belonging with myself, a way to find belonging yes. in community. I feel like I belong to my life and my life belongs to me. Like I feel like deeply in relationship with it. And mm-hmm. I will continue anytime I am in a space. And this has happened since I was fucking little. As soon as I was told the Christian gospel and there was a caveat, I thought, oh shit, I don't fit. Yes. Because yeah. if there is a caveat, I'm not safe. There is too much of me. And I knew that from the beginning. Yes. That, like, unless we all belong, I can't, I can't belong. belong. Yeah. I will not unless we all can. Yes. That has like, always felt so fucking up. true. Yep. Yes. Yep. And that continues to be the case. Any system <gasps> I step in, I'm just like, I'll feel those things and I'll be like, yes. Whoop, I don't fit. If they don't belong, then neither do I. Yeah, but it feels like it's the same. Yeah. Like, because it is. Because we, when we deny parts of other people, we are denying part of ourselves. I think it really comes back to what you said in the beginning of like being uncomfortable with that specific social media platform and being like, there's no room for difference here. Yeah. Um, I have spent a lot of my life in areas where there's not really room for difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And so of course our brains, and you did the same, like our brains are finally, finally attuned to the energy of sure you can be different because a lot of those spaces like pay lip service yes to, yes you know like completely they they like they like we have the language down absolutely absolutely <laughs> yes. um i will never forget i had a conversation with a youth pastor in a coffee shop last year and he saw me and like <laughs> let's come back to that immediately <laughs> but sorry go on i just uh, i want to i want to come back to that <laughs> please do um i had like this coffee shop experience with the pastor a youth pastor, and he, like, invited me to a church, and he had kind of, like, sized me up, I'm, if you can't, maybe you can't see me, I'm very queer presenting, but, like, um, he had, like, sized me up, and he, like, part, as part of his pitch for the church was, like, um, we're very inclusive, like, everyone is welcome, and I was, like, I just, like, point blank asked him, I was, like, are you asking me that because I'm gay, or are you, like, telling me that because I'm queer, and he was, like, <laughs> like, didn't have language, and then I immediately went straight into, okay, but what does inclusive look like? Like, am I allowed to walk in the door and you won't kick me out? Yeah, like, is that what right. inclusive is? Right. Or is inclusive, like, my voice is welcome. I could be in leadership positions. Like, if right. I'm the best fit for the job, I could, like, step into, like, a, an associate pastor role. Yeah. Is, is that what is What is inclusive? inclusive? Please talk to me about inclusive. And, yeah. like, because, yeah, like, we, we are so accustomed to these spaces where it is enough to pay lip service to openness to difference. Yeah. And at this point, I'm not interested in that. Like, I'm not interested in the party line. Yeah. I want to know what's actually true. Like, is yeah. difference welcome here? Ooh, Daje said something. Yes. Follow Daje. Yes, Good please. God. This one, this person is a fucking miracle. Um, they said in an interview with Madison Morgan a couple years ago, I am not, I am done. I am done being in places <coughs> where I'm trying to prove my worth to white men. That was their particular line. And I was like, oh, shit. Nope. 
because are. because that's that's it it's like this like being in a space you can feel that energy yeah. of like i'm trying to prove that i deserve to be here oh. and 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 no 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 to you feeling like you need to change that community with who you are you deserve better than that you deserve to be seen held uh, celebrated i love one of the things that we talked about i want to say this was in rising sovereign but i'm not 100 percent sure um but one of the things i've talked about in the past few years in a, one of my mentorship groups was um leaning into the possibility of holding your energy even when the energy of the space is very different like mm. rather than like letting the energy of the space influence how you show up and how you feel in your body mm. um being an influence on that space by showing up fully present in your own energy and i feel like that's so much of what this comes back to like building the capacity to be in spaces that may or may not welcome difference and exist in your essence anyway while also keeping an eye out for like if it becomes apparent over time that my energetic is not actually being received here i'm gonna remove myself from this space yeah that has been like yeah i think because so much of my life was spent assimilating to the energy around me i can do that very easily um but i'm i'm learning just now at this point what it is to exist in a room and being like okay everyone here is about something slightly different than I am, maybe wildly different than I am, but like, I don't have to move toward them. Like, mm. I don't have to agree. I don't have to make that agreement. Yeah. That like, because they're all doing sameness, I can't do difference. I am choosing to sit back in my energy and do difference. And I think that comes from knowing and being with your own experience. Yeah. That comes from moving away from dissociation and being with how you feel. Yes. Believing how you feel, knowing and believing your own thoughts, feelings, mm -hmm. desires. Because when you're doing that, you have a sense of yes. yourself enough to yep. come back to, to in situations back. when you're like, wait, 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 this isn't me. Yes. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so hard, like... And like deepest of grace to all of us who are in that process because it's so back yes. and forth. Like yeah. even oh yeah, like even like years into this for me, I found myself in a, a social setting this weekend where it was that kind of vibe where I was like, okay, I am orienting very differently around this this event, this space, this group of humans than everyone else is here, mm. and I could feel myself a couple of times like reaching to perform what they were doing mm. and being like wait, no, <laughs> that's not yeah. actually, that's not actually what I'm feeling. I just, I think they would feel more comfortable if I just mashed their energy. Hmm. And so I'm do, but I don't feel comfortable then. Yeah. And so I'm just going to like sit in the corner of the room with my glass of scotch and observe hmm. and like, let it all play out. Like I'm going to do what actually feels true for me. Hmm. But I felt myself so often. It was like probably every five minutes for the entirety of that event, I would have to be like, no, 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 return to self. Like return to, yeah. like you don't have to perform what's on display here. Yeah, and that that is that is it right there. There is no there is no arrival with coming back to yourself. No, no, it's a fucking way of living. You restart it every five minutes. Yes, <laughs> you restart it every five minutes. That is. <laughs> That is what it is, especially when you're around other people, especially when you've had a yes. lifetime of people telling you exactly mm -hmm. 
how to be and that means conforming to those around you it's yeah. like that is a lifetime to unlearn and it is not an arrival yes as humans we are naturally inclined to adapt yeah. for our safety yeah so learning your internal safety Finding and safety and self yeah God. that is Ooh. an entire thing if if you if you have it if you're in an environment where you are not actually safe bless you and trust your fucking body yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, and that's, I think that's actually one of the harder parts to negotiate too, like, as we, like, starting to assess, okay, there are these spaces where I find myself more likely to feel the instinct to perform, to, like, meet the expectations of the people around me. Um, like, being honest about my tolerance level for those spaces, like, how much capacity it takes for me, like, how, because that's the thing is, like, I am, I'm pretty practiced at this point at coming back to myself in those circumstances, but it requires a metric fuck ton of my energy. Like the whole time Mm. my brain is going, okay, return, return, return. return. And so like giving ourselves permission also to assess whether the juice of being in that space is worth the squeeze (laughs) of being (laughs) in it like authentically you are a glass of orange juice. like because there are just some spaces oh my God. where i'm like yes. the juice ain't worth the squeeze like i'm it is costing me too much <laughs> energetically yeah yeah to try to exist in this space authentically right without like compromising my own sense of internal safety so maybe this is an environment that i just like opt out of for mm, now yeah that's there's like so many layers of learning how to honor the truth of who who you are, how you want to show up, and what spaces are willing to truly like receive that, not just okay. like yeah. <laughs> accept it, like tolerate it, but there, like, receive yes. it. This is the same thing. We're, we're, yeah. there's, this is another layer of the same thing. There is so much lip service in the self-help world around you should honor yourself and listen to yourself uh-huh. and, and believe yourself while the message is like, you're a fucking idiot. You should do this. You should do this. And, and like when you just de- and when you decide that their message yeah. isn't for you, you're the bad guy. It's like, hold on. Yep. You are not actually living oh. this. It's just lip service. It's just lip service, and that's that's so hard to break through because again, that is another thing that comes back ultimately to colonization of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Because like there is just this very specific model of whiteness that we're supposed to uphold and it is very civil and kind and good and like all of these things and it is non-disruptive it's never disruptive and so like to go into those spaces and be prepared to disrupt the space in order to be true to your essence that's radical shit mm-hmm. in white communities yeah like that is radical shit because we have been taught to prioritize politeness and not hurting anybody's feelings or disrupting a space over everything else. Mm-hmm. And so like, but then we passive aggressively, you know, tear yes. people apart after. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so it it's, is. it's, it's worse. It's a mess. <laughs> it is a mess. Yeah. I, I think there's like, there are so many layers. There are so many layers to like the ways that we are, culturalized to show up in those like pay lip service but like everybody agrees that we're not actually doing this like we're gonna deliver the lines but like everyone behind the curtain agrees 
mm-hmm. silently and unspoken ways. We're not going <laughs> to actually abide by this. Yeah. We're going to talk authenticity without doing it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Those, like, assumptions that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, without being explicitly stated, yeah, are like really can be really harmful. I think um, one of my one of my explorations this year, as I have like unpacked the possibility of, you know, having an autistic brain, um, possibility slash reality, like my pattern tracking brain is, ugh, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Because I never don't feel those dynamics. Like, I, my brain pays attention for such subtle, like, subtle patterns in not only what is said, but what is done, what is embodied, what is, like, energetically put forth. Like, my brain calculates all of it, and there's just, like, an algorithm. Mm. And so, like, I'm a person, it's very hard to hide those dynamics from me. Like, the dynamic of, we're saying this thing. But, like, this is the truth under the truth. Like, this is the truth under what we're saying. Yeah. Um, and so it's been interesting, again, as I've come out of my dissociative phase, my dissociative state, it's been interesting to realize how many group dynamic spaces I actually feel wildly uncomfortable with because I feel all the layers of, like, this is what we're saying, but this is what we're doing. These are the social contracts that we've all agreed to in an unspoken way. And this is the punishment for people who deviate from that. Like, my brain feels those layers in every single room I'm in. Mm. And so, like, figuring out how to honor the spaces that feel good for my body Mm. is very new and very uncomfortable. Because it requires us to be disruptive. Like, Mm. I'm going to disrupt some spaces coming up here real soon. (laughs) coming up audra this this is your way of existence this is not new in a minute here in a minute be a disruption (laughs) (laughs) the next chapter of audra's life yeah (laughs) oh wait it's the same one it's the same new chapter (laughs) different title yeah fuck god we really went we just went hard early on today. Yeah, we really did. I'm like, oh, okay. Whew. That's a lot. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Do you want to end this episode and let people breathe? Sure. Okay. That seems, that seems, this is like a microdose episode. Yeah, here's like a very, a very intense microdose. I think this might be the most intense we have ever been together on a podcast. That's so funny. Yeah, I was... Um, I don't, And maybe I said this on here, but like I... I was like livid yesterday and I don't, I don't live in anger. I've been very cautious about like, I've been very smart about allowing myself to like move through and be angry. You create space for it so it doesn't like leak out. Yeah, but I'm not like, that's not the space I create online. It's not what I share because like everyone has anger, but like. I, I want everyone to know that I was, like, pacing through my kitchen and hitting yeah. cupboards and growling like a bear yesterday because yep. my family is, like, under attack. And it's, like, it's maddening and infuriating. And, like, I... Anger is an energy that is meant to create change. It's like, to, to protect. Like, we are... It's very, it's very real. And, like, I think it's so important to, like to allow 
that to exist without shaming it or demonizing it and without making it needing to do something at that particular moment like like they're and that's like that's just like learning to process emotion in a way that we weren't taught we were taught like you know don't be angry you know but like you are anyway and it's like being able to like move through that and it just feels like so much better it's like okay I have to in order to allow myself to feel this I have to believe how I feel right now I have to believe myself not that I'm right in everything but that I have a valid reason for feeling this way Mm -hmm. and that how I feel fucking matters yes yep and I'm making space for that for myself yeah it's such a as a person who um I have a lot of fire in my chart um ton of Sagittarius and Aries energy and so I am deeply connected when I'm not disembodied Mm. I'm deeply connected to fire um I'm deeply connected connected to the alchemy of rage um and it's so interesting because I also have a lot of the the other half of my chart is earth (laughs) so like I have those two balancing factors of like Mm. um heat but also stability Mm-hmm. And from the perspective of being that person, there are moments when I look at people at this point, a very common thing that gets said to me, especially from people who are still in the church when I have left the church, is like, you have to let your anger go. Like, you have to, like, why are you so angry? Like, you seem really angry. And, like, this is positioned as, like, a bad thing or a problem when at this point I have learned to look at those humans and see how deeply they have been disconnected on purpose mm-hmm. by systems at large. Yeah. How deeply they have been disconnected from their anger. Like I actually feel genuine like um, empathy at this point. It's like a, it's not pity, but it's like a sadness. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like anger was given to us for a reason. You like, need the whole spectrum. You need the whole spectrum. And like, if you are not connected to your divine rage, you are being exploited. It's like there's just no, there's just no like. Yeah, and we're back to that like that spiritual alt right shit yes. that's coming through. Uh-huh. This like toxic positivity of yeah. like, but if you're positive, all the good things yeah. will come to you. And and no. Some good shit has come to me by way of rage. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not a place to live. No. And, ne- no. and neither is no. constant positivity. But what's also they're, they're not interesting <laughs> is some of the most, like, some of the people that I have, um, again, like, being a person who, like, feels people's energies deeply and pattern tracks, um, it's interesting to me how, in a lot of ways, a lot of the people who come at me with the, God, you just seem so angry line, I look at them, them and I'm like, you're so mad about so much. But it's like so buried down beneath the surface. But it like, I can feel it spilling out of their pores. Yeah. And I'm like, you're so angry about so much and you have never had permission to like release that hmm. in a way that like means that it's not just clenched up in your body. Like anger is just an emotion. It just exists. Yeah. And like properly disposed of properly used pro- like used as fuel it can be such a powerful such a powerful motivator for change mm-hmm. and for revolution mm-hmm. but like 
I actually only think anger is actually dangerous when it doesn't have a way out. Mm. So, like, I always think it's interesting the people who, like, see others express healthy anger and get, like, really uncomfortable about that. They're also the people that occasionally I look at it and I'm like, oh. You're so angry. You are so angry. You are so angry about so many things that you've never been given permission to, like, name it and release it. And yeah. that fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so it's interesting because, like, it is it is an emotion. And, it like, and I know there's been, like, conversations more lately, and I'm grateful for it around the deconstructing community and like the communities that are created in there tend to be all anger and all backward focused and like I think it's very important to be angry for a while but building a community around Around anger anger is not a supportive environment it it keeps you stuck and cycling in a space that isn't healthy not because you shouldn't be angry you have every right to be angry and it's important for you to express that anger and if that's all you're doing in a certain community around certain people you're creating a space that your anger doesn't actually get get released, released. No. It, it just, just like circulates it just circulates <laughs> yes um and it also like it's just as bad as like a positivity circle where you're yes. only allowed to be positive and yep. you only bring positive things because yep. you're not fully seen again because again there's no room for difference like exactly. everyone in the space has to be angry like they yeah. we all have to have the same sense of like righteous indignation and also like for me it became it becomes an issue of if i went from living in pathological service to the church where like that's all i that's all i did mm-hmm that's all I oriented around. It was, I orbited around the church. But if I move from that into a space of being fueled by anger toward the church, I am still orbiting around the church. Yes, exactly. Like, the church Your still orientation very is much still... has me. Like, yes. I might have left. Yep. But, like, I, I remember telling a friend once, um, this has been a couple of years ago, like, there's a difference between, like, you can leave the church but, like, getting the church to leave you <laughs> is a whole other animal. Like, yeah. I, I've known plenty of people who deconstruct, who, or who left the church and, like, begun the deconstruction process, but it's like they got stuck in that cycle of deconstruction mm-hmm. um, to the point where, yeah, the church just still has them, and it's still, all of the dogmas are still so deeply, like, tightly woven. And I know part of that is trauma, because mm-hmm. trauma is... Religious trauma is a real fucking thing, and it yeah. is so hard, yeah. and it requires so much support to really, like, pull it out of your system. Like, I want to, like, acknowledge my own privilege in being able to have an immaculate therapist who works with people in religious trauma and with CPTSD related to these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I have a huge well of privilege in the way the support that I've had in navigating that. Mm. But, like, I just want so much more healing than just like getting stuck in a deconstruction community. <laughs> yeah, and the the thing is like it's interesting because like you it, this the same thing is true of leaving anything that's toxic, right? You leave a toxic work environment, you leave a toxic relationship, you leave mm-hmm. a toxic church, okay? So you have to then go through a phase where yes. your life is still around you that thing yep. and you are uncovering what was wrong about it because yeah. that's part of the process. 
Yes. But then you're like grieving and assessing and, and assessing at the damage. Yes. And, yep. Yep. But the thing about like a toxic relationship is t- typically you don't then go into a community of people. Yes. Who are all fucking pissed yeah. and in the same space yep. you are. The and like yes, you want to be seen, and it's really nice yeah. to be seen by people who are in that same experience mm-hmm. in a supportive way, and it can be a silo and keep silo. you there. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's like <clears throat> it's necessary to to go through that, but then yeah. to embody that change, yes. to move through that actual trauma, mm-hmm. you don't move through that trauma in your head no. with those same like figuring out what's wrong. Yeah. As as you do in that initial processing phase. Yeah. <sighs> I think it's one of the reasons this has been such a a constant thought in my head for the past couple of weeks. Um, I think it's also one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about having people with varied life experiences and perspectives in your life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If there ever comes a point again, and I'm saying this because I have neared this, (laughs) like I have like towed the line of this in the past couple of years. Um, but I'm realizing like one of the most destructive things about me for the church wasn't just the church. It wasn't the theology. I mean, all of that had its own bullshit, but like one of the biggest, one of the most destructive parts of it was how insular the community was and how like everyone in my life, my social network was constructed to protect my belief systems And so, like, no one could look at me and be like, hey, I love you. And also this part, the way that you're moving through this feels a little unbalanced. Like, yeah. um, And, like, again, that's been a a thing that I've been assessing inside the polyamory sphere. Yeah, I was going to say we're back. We're full circle now. It can be so easy to just get to the point where, like, literally you have life and – or you have, like, work and polyamory. I watch that in so many people of, like – like your entire life is capitalism and then your entire community is polyamory. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't do that anymore because like, <clears throat> we need differentiation. We yeah. need difference. It's like, yeah, we need that's it. the thing is like, yeah, I like coming back a whole full circle <laughs> to, um, <clears throat> it's not only to me that a, my social circle and the influences coming into my life, like the inputs, it's not only critical that that those spaces make space for difference, difference is required for me at this point. Like yeah. it is required. If there is no one in my life who doesn't have a perspective that I don't have, like currently on, on like the way that I'm moving through my existence, That's a recipe for some cult bullshit. Yeah. Like, it just is. Like, I was going to say, when are you starting a cult? Like, when are you starting a cult? And so, like, I, I, difference is literally required for me at this point in my social circles and in most of the rooms that I'm in. Like, the rooms that I'm going to consistently show up in yeah. um, are the ones where there's pretty marked difference. Yeah. And, like, that is not only welcome, but, like, regarded. Mm-hmm. Like, our differences are regarded yeah. as, like, healthy and good, and this is what works for me. It's like a system of checks and balances. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, like, that's that's where cults thrive, is when there is no system of checks and balances. Right. As soon as I had a system of checks and balances, I left the church. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's like, oh, I have something to compare this to now. What? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, some of the looks, like, things, stories that I would tell from my childhood, and, like, the looks of, like. Horror. On the, on the faces of friends who did not grow up inside the church, who were just, like. Like, I would tell a funny story as, like, an anecdote about my childhood, and they would be like, oh, you were abused. <laughs> you were spiritually yeah. abused. And I'm like, oh. You're like, excuse me? Hot damn, I guess you're right. I think you might be right. Yeah. It, Maybe I should go to therapy. You're right. It's required. It, it's required to feel safe. It's required yes. for then for you to actually show up in your wholeness instead of by a set of uh-huh. rule, rules. Yes. That have been decided ahead of time. So I think the reason that we gravitate towards cults and things like spaces like that is because if we feel like we can get it, we feel like uh-huh. we're like master these rules, these regulations, these like, if you do this, then you get punished, whatever. Like we, we can get it down pat and then we can say like, I know how to navigate this. Yes. Whereas like dealing with actual humanity is yeah. quite a bit more messy. It's so messy. But like we, we gravitate towards it because of that but we are not actually wholly allowed to be there so there is a part of the us that feels unseen yeah and there always will be in a space where your wholeness is not welcome yeah so there will always be that check within you that's like but is there more is there more because you're not fully allowed to be there and and a part of you deeply knows knows that. that yes yeah 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 that's that's the thing too is like the closer you come to your own essence the more you can't not know that stuff. Like mm-hmm. you, like in your body, you just know when the fullness of who you are and what you're experiencing is not welcome in a space. Yeah. I, it's like, it's like you were talking about earlier with like dissociation. It was um, like, as you come back into your body, there's like consequences for that. Uh-huh. Like you start to feel more things. Last Christmas, I, I brought like a actual bra to wear yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't wear it. <laughs> I could, I could not do it. I could not fucking do it. I, I kept like, I put it on and I like got dressed and I was like, oh my God. I know. Uh, like what is happening to why. me? So I was like, no, I just, I literally I cannot it. make it through the day with yes. this. I'm sorry. Yep. yep. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm like starting to consider because I have my, my first interview for uh, my grad school program coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so I'm like looking, because I'm looking at my closet. I haven't had like professional dress in so fucking long that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to wear. Um, but I was thinking about that. I was like, this will be the first space that I've like had the moment of like, okay, wait, should I wear a bra? Probably. It's only a couple hours. I can probably do it. But do I need to? Because I'm not like, going to wear a bra inside to? the program. Like, I'm not going to go to school. Like, right, yeah. Did, yeah. I can just have tits. And they can... They can exist. They can just exist. <laughs> like, I'm yep. sorry. Because, like, okay, like, there are consequences to forcing yourself to dissociate. Oh! Oh, my God! Yes! <laughs> That's a... <laughs> That's a book. <laughs> there just are... Because because you will have less if you if you dull yourself in any way you will have less access to the power yeah. that you normally have when you are fully connected to yourself. And you will have, I think, like part of what's um, part of what's like I'm reckoning with right now is like you will have created parts of your life 
that are out of alignment with the person you actually are. Yeah. Like, because your, like, dissociative self isn't, like, inactive. Like, she's just not chilling in bed, like, doing nothing. She's active. She's, like, creating life. She's making relationships and, like, mm-hmm. and, like establishing expectation like external expectations like people are like okay this is how you show up this is who you are this is what you like this is what you don't like Mm -hmm. and then when you come out of the dissociation you're like oh i have to go clean up some messes now yeah because all of the stuff that i built when i was dissociated doesn't fit doesn't actually feel good so now i have to like go clean some shit up yeah that being said if a bra feels really fucking good to you i'm so happy i love that for you because i'm not saying by any means that this is the way to do things (laughs) i sometimes wish i did because i like i love the aesthetic of them like when i see like these really beautiful like matte like lingerie sets and stuff like that i'm like that's so pretty. Like I, I, it would be delightful to just like wear that under my clothes. Her whole, I could never. A bitch could never. <laughs> it's so pretty. Like, it's fun to, I aspire to it's it. It's fun to no. wear for play because then you take it off. <laughs> but like under off. your clothes all day. Come on now. No. I'm like more or less. Yeah, I've just fucked off with that entirely. Yeah, it's fun for play. Like I'll, I'll wear it for a solid fifteen. Fifteen minutes, for the minutes right? Purposes, right? But then it's yeah. Go away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's our opinion. <laughs> Wear what you like and what feels good to your body. Circling obviously. back to everything from the beginning. Like, <laughs> we are not here to tell you like what you can and cannot like as a person. You get to decide. <laughs> yeah, you fu- and also like oh, there's something so much to be said for like wear clothes that make you feel good, not just physically, but emotionally. emotionally. Because because like yeah. expression in your gender, in how mm-hmm. like how you present, what you love to decorate oh, with, gender euphoria. Ah, yes, it, it might not fe- quote unquote feel like you know you might not love to have button pants on all the time, mm. but like if they might make you feel something they, else. They, yes, exactly. And and lean all the way the fuck there, into that because like moments, I love getting dressed every day. Me too. Like I feel like I can. There are so many moments when I can justify physical discomfort for a time. Yeah. In order to accommodate, like, my gender expression. Yeah, because it feels so yes. fucking good. It feels so fucking good. Yeah. It feels so fucking good. And, like, especially for me as someone who is largely not dressed up most of the time, like, I love what I, like, I love those moments. I said, um, I went on, like, took myself on a, like, solo date a couple of weeks ago, and I sent a photo to a partner, and it was, like, this little black dress, and it's, like, strappy up top, and I'm wearing, like, heels, and my hair's done, and I have all red lipstick, and my partner just looked at it and was like, what? <laughs> like, this is a version of you that exists. And I love that feeling. Like, I love yeah. the feeling of, like, occasionally have a mo- having a moment of, this is a version of me that exists, too. Like, yeah. it's not my everyday. And that's lovely. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Oh, like, my God. Can... Have you seen the TikTok and reels that are going around where I think it's, like, a original audio that's, like, it's about pronouns and it's like how can you be a they you're you're just one person and, is... and then they show up and they're like but i'm this person and i'm this person <laughs> i'm plural baby I... and i was like ah it's so good i love this i actually had this conversation with amanda because that is my primary motivator behind they them pronouns mm. like i think one of the reasons they them pronouns feel so good to me actually has nothing to do with gender yeah. And everything to do with honoring my multitudes. Because yeah. if you have thought for one fucking second that I am one person, you don't know. You me. have not spent <laughs> enough time with me. Like, I have, there's a whole gaggle in here. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of uh, my coaches describe me 
yesterday. It was it was such a fucking gift. And she said, she's like, you're like, the first layer is like dark chocolate and sultry. Yes, yes. And then on the inside, there's this like pillow fight with glitter and yes. you're singing no more monkeys jumping, jumping on the bed <laughs> and i was like oh my god yep. that nailed it <laughs> it's like and that's that's how i like when i describe my polarities as like i am daddy and i am baby like yeah. that's that's like anyone who knows me knows that like externally most people's first experience of me is intimidation right because i'm <laughs> tall i'm sturdy as fuck i'm usually dressed in all black i'm tattooed i have side shaves like I look like I fist fight for fun. Like, I, I, I want you this. to protect me on the yes, way, in the parking yes, lot. You know? Absolutely. Like, I will throw hands for fun. <laughs> but, like, anyone who knows me, like, I'm a fucking marshmallow. Like, yes. I am a marshmallow. I'm one of the softest people that I have ever met. And I'm also, like, a woo girl. Like, I'm the girl who will go to a bar on Saturday night and, like, be the life of the party and sing terrible karaoke and, like... <laughs> make friends with people in the bathroom oh, that I then still know five yeah. years later. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, we contain so many multitudes. Like, I don't, I don't, I also deeply relate to the idea of, like, yeah. they, them as an honoring of. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. in this bitch. That's, same. I, I feel like the reason that it, like, hits home and the reason that I was like, oh, this feels so much like me is because it, like, who I am just felt so beyond a single definition. Yeah fucking universe like so so beyond just one Uh kind of energy yes (laughs) i just am not that and there's so many times in my life where like the way that my energy was existing and i showed up and i was like there was a part of me that was like this doesn't fit the charm school you went to and like the feminine whatever but i was like but this is so me right now it's me i think i just made the full transition to they them like in the last uh, on five this minutes. podcast, yay! I've been in like she, or I've been in like they she for a very long time, but like just having this conversation, I'm like, no, no, that's not true of me. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yay! I love a gender realization <laughs> moment. <laughs> a true fucking gender reveal. <laughs> gender reveal. Welcome, Audra. They Can we please title this episode something? Gender reveal. Gender reveal. <laughs> Without burning a country down. Please. <laughs> or poisoning a river. Jesus and will there be Christ. any pink or blue? Absolutely, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a rainbow. Only in the context of a rainbow is what I was going to say. Oh my God. Well, congratulations. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. so that. honored to witness. I was witness. Like, saying it out loud. I was like, oh yeah, no, I think I'm, I think I'm fully, fully in the they them spectrum. Cool. All right. Wonderful. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday and gender reveal. Thanks for listening, everyone. We love you. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.